Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Can you hear me good? All right. Acts chapter 6. We're reading from verses 1 to 4. Acts chapter number 6. No, 1 to uh, 7. Let's make it 1 to 7. Acts chapter 6. Now, in those days when the numbers of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint from the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And uh, the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to the prayer and the ministry of the word. And saying, and the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nakono, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, the proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. When they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And the word of God spread. Somebody say, let's read verse 7 together. Ready, go. And the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's read it again. Ready, go. Then the word of the God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Hallelujah. We are talking about the contagious church. And we got to prayer. Amen. We got to prayer, isn't it? A contagious church or a church becomes contagious when it is prayerful. A church becomes contagious when there's a lot of prayer going on. Amen. And in this particular scripture, we would realize that the church can be hijacked. Hello? How many will agree with me that the church can be hijacked? Because the Bible says that when, they, remember we read in Acts chapter 2, that they continued the apostles' doctrine and in, the, in their sayings, and they were breaking bread and having fellowship and all that. And the people who had need, they, they sold their possessions so that nobody had need. How many remember? And the word grew. So the distribution of food became one of the things that the church was involved in, that people were doing. But you see, as you, whatever you do in a church, it gets to a point that thing somehow takes over what you are supposed to do. The main thing can be hijacked. A good example was, as I was reading, a good example came to my mind of the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army was supposed to be a contagious church and it was modeled after Acts chapter 2, verse 42 downwards, where there was uh, the word, there was a distribution of goods, uh, clothes, food to the needy, and prayer and everything. But as time has gone on, you see that, that now Salvation Army is known for looking after the homeless in, on Christmas Day. And we sometimes don't realize that the Salvation Army is a proper full church. 
like the Pentecostal church or the uh, Catholic church or the Methodist church. It has been taken over because if in life, as we go on as a church, in, the, in ministry, things come to take the mainstay if we are not careful. So you see that here, the apostles encountered this challenge that as they were going on, some people started rising up to complain that we are not getting food. They are giving food to this people on the left. This people on the right are not getting. So they formed committee to go and complain. So it got to a point, Peter and Cole realized that they were using their time. Instead of ministering and preaching the word, they were using their time to share food. So you see, all the things, remember John chapter 10 verse 10. That Satan never comes except to steal. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So sometimes Satan can steal our attention. Satan can steal our, our passion. Satan can steal our ministry and our focus if we don't take care and we are not strong about the main thing. Somebody say the main thing is the main thing. The main thing must be the main thing in the house of God. We must never deviate. You know, we can easily do something that will bring increase. And as it's bringing increase, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the main thing. As long as we start sharing food, people will come. But sharing food is not what we are here for. As now we start giving money out, people will come. But giving money out is not the reason why we are here. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And see, the, the ingredients of a contagious church are simple and they must be adhered to. Amen. The first one was what? What was the first one we talked about? I'm, I'm wrapping up this. Today is our last day talking about the contagious church. They, they are abiding in Christ. Christ is the mainstay of the church. Hallelujah. We are here because of Christ. A church that does not mention Jesus Christ is not a proper church. A church that Jesus is not the foundation is not really a church. When you go to any church that you hardly hear Jesus mentioned as the focal point, question the church. Amen. Because Jesus is the reason why we are here. Amen. And you see, in John chapter 1, the Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was what? God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That word was Jesus. So when we say Jesus, we are talking about Jesus and his word. So when the word of Jesus is not preached as the mainstay, then we have a problem. Hallelujah. Then it means the church is going nowhere. When the doctrine of the church is deviated from what Jesus stands for, what the word of God stands for, we have a problem. Amen. So let's focus. If we want to be a contagious church, the main thing is the main thing. Number one, let's abide in Christ. Number two, the what? We are followers of Jesus Christ. So what Jesus did is what we are doing. What Jesus emphasized on is what we emphasize on. Today in the church of God, what Jesus emphasized on is not talked about too, too much. We talk more about Paul, 
that we talk about Jesus. Have you noticed it? I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about Paul, but Paul only spoke about what Jesus spoke about. Paul is not the final authority. Jesus is. Hallelujah. The next one. We step fast to, to apostles' doctrine. And I said the apostles' doctrine was the doctrine of Jesus Christ preaching repentance. Somebody say repentance. Repentance, repentance means that you change your ways. Any place, any church that does not preach repentance, consecration, holiness, salvation is not a good church and will not be a contagious church. Incidentally, this, um, our uh, theme for this month is this uh, August uh, is the month of consecration. Isn't it? Uh, Joshua chapter 3 verse 5. Put Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 on. It says, consecrate yourself, which means that make your, prepare yourself, wash yourself. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. How many believe the Lord will do wonders among us? And if the Lord is going to do wonders among us, then we must prepare ourselves. We must wash ourselves. We must sanctify ourselves. To sanctify yourself means to prepare. You know, if, let's say, I'm coming to take you for dinner. You don't get up and go with your pajamas. I mean, like, as I'm coming to your house, then you, you have your pajamas on. You haven't brushed your teeth. And you straight from bed, you open the door. It's like, are you ready? You're not ready to go anywhere. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not sanctified. You are not washed. You are not ready. We need to sanctify ourselves. We need to wash ourselves. We need to ready ourselves. Amen. A church that does not preach holiness, sanctification, readiness is not a contagious church. Next one. They had all things in common. They had the same mind, the same judgment. Next one. Oh, are you, you didn't write in the notes. It's, it's Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 42. We are, those, the point are all in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Breaking of bread. Yes? Fellowship. 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 Breaking of bread. And prayers, amen. So we are prayers now. And I'm saying to you that a church that does not pray cannot be contagious. You see, the atmosphere must be saturated by prayer. Amen. Most unbelievers are not spiritual. Most sinners are not spiritual. But when prayer is in the atmosphere, prayer brings the Holy Spirit down. And the Holy Spirit attracts people. You know, the Holy Spirit does three things when it comes. First of all, the Holy Spirit comes by you to convict you. Then it comes on you when repentance comes. Then it comes upon you for work. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit comes to somebody to make the person, you see, all of a sudden the person is convicted that I'm a sinner. 
I haven't been living right. I need to live right. I mean, how many have noticed that you know, some people, some people that you, you, you don't, they are very dodgy, you don't really believe in, but when they come to church, all of a sudden, as they come, things are changing. How many have seen that before? Yeah, it's because the Holy Spirit is near them. Amen. And that Holy Spirit comes through prayer. So if we don't pray, the Holy Spirit does not convict. Most churches today are prayerless. And so the spirit of conviction is not there. That's how come the, the, the number of people giving their life to Christ are dwindling. Because without prayer, people are not born again. They can come to church, join the church, and not be saved. Amen. And you see that they will come for a while and disappear because they are not convicted. We need the spirit of conviction. Five things are said to you that we, we, will talk about, we should talk about quickly where prayer is concerned. Five reasons why we must be a prayerful church. Number one, prayer unites us. Amen. Five reasons why a praying church becomes contagious is because prayer is unifying. Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 14. The Bible says, and they returned from Jerusalem and from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they, end, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas, the son of James. All these with one mind were continually devoting themselves to what? Prayer, along with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Amen. You see, so you realize that all these groups of people, because the, the, Jesus' disciples were one group, Mary and the other women were another group, and then the brothers of Jesus were also another group. Are you with me? But prayer unified them. And when you read on further on, you see that that was when the Spirit of God came to tell them that, listen, you'll be my witnesses. You are going to go and do uh, things for me. The Holy Ghost came upon them and they took off. Hallelujah. So prayer has a way of uniting us. Number two, things are shaking up when we pray. Acts chapter 4 verse 31, the Bible says that when they had prayed, the place that they were gathered together was shaking and they, all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. When the place is shaking, it brings fire. Amen. The, the, sorry? Acts chapter 4. Am I going too fast? 4 verse 31, are you there? When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaking, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. So you see, prayer shakes things. It tests up things. It puts fire in us. 
Amen. When we are getting discouraged, when we are losing our fire, when we are losing our spirit, we must go back to the place of prayer. Amen. Because the place of prayer has a way of shaking us up. It stirs up our spirit. It stirs up the right spirit within us and it fires us up again. Because life brings a lot of cares that quenches our fire. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are bad or anything, but life, the cares of life, the stress in life has a way of quenching the love we have for God. How many understand what I'm saying? So, constant prayer is a way of stirring yourself up. Am I talking to somebody? Learn to have your regime of prayer. Your regime of prayer. And sometimes when you do it, you know, in a very funny um, time of the day, it helps. Some people like to do 12 midnight to 1. It helps. It fires you up. Some like to do 4 to 5. It helps. Some like to do it 6 to 7. It helps. Hallelujah. But if you are going to be a contagious Christian, you must have a time you pray. Like in this church, we have uh, is it 12, 12.45 to 1.45 every day. Somebody here, some people are here praying. Amen. It keeps us as a church fired up. Amen. Number three. This is number three. Number three is life is resurrected when we pray. Acts chapter 9 verse 40. Life is resurrected when we pray. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. Hallelujah. Now, if you know the, the story of Dorcas, you know, you, you, you remember that <clears throat> Dorcas was somebody who used to do a lot of good things for the church, isn't it? And she died. And when she died, the church refused to bury her. The church refused. They washed her body and put the body in the upper room and sent people to go and call Peter. And they said, Peter, this woman cannot die. Do something. And Peter came and said, listen, everybody get out of the room. And when everybody got out, Peter knelt by the bed and prayed. Amen. And life was resurrected. If there's life going out in your home, pray. If your marriage is drying up, Pray, hallelujah. If your finances are drying up and our life support, do what? Oh, you are not minding me. Hmm. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, in those days, we used to go to the, the, the gardens to pray. And I tell you, the garden is so beautiful to pray. The, the day goes by so fast and you don't even realize that the day has gone because you had people who had a lot of different tongues. There was this lady, as I was talking, I just remember this lady. That was her tongues. The whole day. If you go by her, you pray. 
That was her tongues. It was very powerful. You pray. You pray. And different. Aye, 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 aye. The whole has the tongues. Aye, aye, apaloa, aye, apaloa, aye, apaloa, aye. Nobody will tell you to pray. It's like rhythm. Oh, man. It was beautiful. Everybody was charged to pray. Amen. And things were happening. Things that were dead became alive. See, stop complaining about your issues. Stop complaining about your situation and deal with it on, on your knees. Pray until something happens. Pray. You see, the Bible talks about, in, in, in Luke chapter 18, and Jesus gave a parable that in that men always ought to pray and not to faint. And talked about the widow that went to uh, the judge, on just judge, and said to this judge, vindicate me because of my adversary. And the man at first would not, but by her, his, her continual coming, the man said, I fear not God or nor regard man, but this woman is wearing me out. And Jesus said that if this unjust judge is wearied by this woman, how much more God, when we come to him continuously to pray, would he not vindicate us? Yet, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, would he find such faith on earth? Would he find men still praying? See, today men are doing everything but pray. Churches are doing every other program but pray. When I was telling my friend that we, did, we just did a 12-hour prayer session. He said, are you saying that the 12 hours, everybody, they were praying in the church? I said, yes. He said, so how many were they? And I said, no. He doesn't think that that number of people came to pray. I said, why? He said, no. Even a church that sits three, four, five hundred, you won't find that many people coming to pray 12 hours. Because Christians today, we do everything but pray. Number Sorry? Four. Let's, let's do it quickly. I'm very conscious of my time. Number four. Miracles take place when we pray. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 to 7. And Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by, by the church. To order, offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Amen. But that miracle happened because there was prayer. Amen. Prayer was being said consistently by the church for him. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice to have a church that prays for you consistently? As you are going through your issues, they are standing by in prayer. Amen. They are standing by in prayer, watching and waiting 
that they will hear something from God or for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Next one. Next one. Number, number five. Healing occurred because of prayer. Acts 28, 8. Healing occurred through prayer. Amen. Acts 28, 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Oh, mercy. Paul went in to him and prayed and laid hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came, also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. When, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. Amen. A powerful church is a church that Satan is afraid of. A contagious church. I said to you that a contagious church is not necessarily a big church of 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. No. A contagious church is a church that sets the city on fire. That brings about a, re a revival. Amen. It's a contagious church is a church that gets the attention of the city that they are in. Because all of a sudden, have you not noticed all of a sudden it's like, ah, when did this church come here? How many have, have heard that before? When did these guys come here? Because they are all over the place. When you pass here, you see them. When you pass here, you see them. When you pass here, you see them. You pass here you see them. where are they from? But they have, been, they have been in the place for a long time, but nobody has taken notice of them because they were not contagious. But as soon as the church becomes contagious, everybody will notice the church. Amen. And I pray that we will become contagious. I said I pray that we will become contagious because a contagious church will never remain small forever. When the church becomes contagious, automatically grows. The Bible says, and the Lord added to them daily. The Lord added to them daily. There is one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Go back to uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 downwards. There's one other thing. I'm going to add it and then we'll be out of here. Is that okay? I have 11 minutes. 10 minutes more, isn't it? They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Next one. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all that believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and divided them among all who as anyone had need. And continuing, this is the one I wanted. The Bible says, and so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. The word is continuing daily. With one accord. You can never be contagious if continuation doesn't happen. There's a church that calls, they call themselves Apostle Continuation Church. Are you with me? The, the, the name continue, co connotes the fact that they are continuing what the apostles did. They are going to be consistent in continuing what they did. You see, a continuous evangelism 
continuous going and bringing souls, going and looking after souls, praying for people, preaching the word, encouraging people, a continuous doing of that work of ministry, work of an evangelist, is what makes you a contagious Christian. It's not a nine-day wonder. It's not a summer occasion. So we do it only summer when the weather is good. As soon as the weather turns and becomes cold, we don't go out anymore. We don't talk to anybody anymore. Then we are not a contagious church. We are not, uh, what do you call, seasonal. A contagious church is not a seasonal type of church. The Bible says the end they continue what? Daily. Continuing daily. Are you a Christian that continues daily to share the word of God? Or you are the one that only shares when the occasion demands it? Hallelujah. They continue daily. I pray that we'll continue daily. CICC, let's continue daily. Every day we come to church, there must be a new member, a new vista. Every time. I don't care whether it's Wednesday. I don't care whether it's Sunday. I don't care whether it's Friday. It must be something that we must aim for. Am I talking to somebody? Continuously. There shouldn't be any time that is like we come to church just us. We come to church just us. No. If it's just us, then there's something we are doing wrong. Because people haven't gotten finished in this city. Which means that the last person has not been reached. Amen. Until the last person is reached, our work is not done. And see, this city, every day somebody's relocating here. Every day somebody. Uh, one day I was telling, I don't know whether I was Kieran or somebody, I was telling them that there are about 200 people, minimum, every time of the day looking for a church like this. Minimum. In this, not even the city, just this part of the city. About 200 people looking for a church like this, but they just haven't found you to tell them there's a church like this. That's why they are not here, and we are here with surrounded by chairs. Are you getting it? So always have that in mind, that there are about 200 people 300 people, 1,000 people walking around looking for a church like this to come into. But they haven't found you. They haven't found me to invite them to bring them here. That's why they are not here. Which puts the honest on us that if we go and invite them, they will come. And when they come, they will thank us. How many have invited somebody? They came and were very, very appreciative that you brought them. you have a testimony right behind you. He was looking for a church like this, but he didn't know a church like this existed. He needed somebody like you to go and bring them. And once they came, they are grateful that they have a church like this. In the same way, there are about a thousand people all in the city alone looking for a church like this to attend. The only problem is they haven't found you to go. They have found you being selfish. They have found me not reaching out. They have found you thinking about your own problems and not inviting or forgetting to invite. That is why they are not here. So if you are going to be a contagious church, that continuing daily must never elude us. We must continually invite people. 
daily. Don't wait till Saturday. Don't wait till there's a program. Don't wait. Let it be uh, something you do all the time. Anybody you come into contact with, listen, I want to invite you to my church. Listen, there's a place I want to, I'm taking you tomorrow. There's a place that I want you to go with me. I told you that there are three categories of people. How many remember? The what? Number one is what? Sorry? Bringables. Who are the bringables? People you don't need permission to bring. Like people who are, you look after. People who look up to you. People who are, you are above. You don't have to ask them their permission. Nobody asks their children permission to bring them to church. Because their children are bringables. You just, we are going to church and that's it, we go. Amen. It's not just children. There are people who are also looking up, like somebody has come to visit, uh, stay with you, has moved into your house. Immediately, the person becomes a bringable. You don't have to ask them, tomorrow we are going to church. So I don't, no, no, we are going to church tomorrow. That's it. And then you bring them. The next one is what? The getables. Who are the getables? Friends, colleagues, they are gettable, which means that at least you have about a 40% chance of getting them. As for the bringables, you have 100%. Gettables, you have 50% at least chance of bringing them. Amen. Then you have the invitables. That is your parents, people who are older than you, people who are above you. You know, you have about 30% chance of getting them. But by all means, get some. Amen. By all means, you see, the time is drawing so close to the end. We are so, so near that we cannot sit back and watch the world slide into damnation. I told you the scripture in Ezekiel, do you remember that when the wicked needs to be warned because they will perish in their sins and we refuse to tell them when they die, God is going to require their blood from us. Amen. But when we want them and they don't listen, then God requires their blood from their, themselves. Hallelujah. But once we tell them our hands are clean, amen. And when we tell them and they come, then we have saved them from eternal damnation. Hallelujah. So I pray that you become a contagious Christian. I pray that CICC becomes a contagious church. It is not just printing t-shirts and having flyers and saying that it's a contagious church. But let's become a contagious church indeed. That in our actions, let this church be a contagious church. And a contagious church is full of contagious Christians. So you and I must become contagious people. Hallelujah. So that the house of God will be filled. Amen. Rise to your feet.